Hi, my name is Angie Griffith, and I'm the host of Podfluencer Society Podcast. Hey, podcast besties. Welcome back to the show dedicated to making your podcast the best it can be. I'm Courtney Kosak, your BFF in helping you grow and monetize your show. And besties, we are nearing the end of season one of the podcast, and I've got a few more extra special tricks up my sleeve. So I'm so excited to share today's guest with y'all. Angie Griffith started in the music industry as an artist manager before her pivot to podcasting and becoming the talent herself. So Angie now hosts a podcast called Podfluencer Society, which recently underwent a rebrand. I love this topic and I think it's so important because lots of us go through evolutions in our podcasting journeys, myself included. In today's episode, Angie's going to share the strategy for how she relaunched her show, which included buying a billboard in downtown Nashville, and of course, her tips for executing a successful rebrand. Let's get into it. First, let's start with a question that I ask everyone, and that is, what's your podcasting origin story? How did you get started? Oh gosh, it's such a long story, so I'm going to give you like the, the tiniest, yeah. babyest <laughs> cliff note <laughs> version. But I spent most of my career in the music business. So I was an artist manager. For anyone who's not familiar, you're basically the goalie for the recording artist. So mm-hmm. all the artist has all these different players that work together to launch their album, launch their tour, like their uh, publicist, their publisher, their tour manager, all these different players. And it's the artist manager's job to kind of dissect all of the incoming information mm-hmm. and present it to the artist in a way that really makes sense. And then come back to the team with this cohesive plan going forward. And then we have to make sure it all happens in the way that we all planned. So I did That's that. That's a really cool job. <laughs> it's okay. It seems like it. Like everyone thinks like, oh, artist manager, it's so glamorous. Cause they look at like E on entourage where uh-huh. all they do is party together all the time. And like, while there are those moments, they're very few and far between. And like <laughs> the majority of our day is like a grind. It's 24 uh-huh. seven. It's a lifestyle career. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually I started to think to myself, like, this just doesn't make sense. It doesn't compute in Uh my brain. Why would I work 24 seven to build someone else's empire? Yeah. (laughs) So I started to consider like, what can I do to build my own brand and my own business? And through a series of events that led me to podcasting. Nice. Yeah. And so how does podcasting fit into your current business offerings that you're doing? So when I first started my podcasting journey, I actually was offered a deal by another manager in town. I live in Nashville. And he essentially offered to sign me as his first ever podcasting client. And we were going to go, he was offering my current salary plus bonuses. And it was like this dream come true scenario that like does not happen. I know you have like a background in entertainment too. Like it doesn't happen that like a manager signs another manager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, that's yeah. So we both talked about it and we decided it would be, you know, the right thing to do to offer it to my current company first rather than going and signing with a competitor. So that's what I did. And then my current company offered the same deal, salary plus bonuses, plus I get to keep my assistant. And so I obviously couldn't refuse that offer. So that's what we started to do. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hit. 
And so at that moment, we were like, okay, it doesn't make sense to start this risky project when we have to pull down all of our tours, which is the majority of our income. So we decided, hey, let's put this on hold. And then in the meantime, all of the senior managers at the company were tasked with finding new business. And so it made sense for me to find new business in podcasting. And so I built out, along with one of the founders of our company, built out a podcast division and was able to launch some really amazing projects, like launched a a podcast for one of our music clients, did a really Uh cool network deal for another client. And I just used that opportunity to really create as many relationships as I could in the podcasting space and just to learn and absorb as much as I possibly could. And then after about a year of that, when we started to put back up all of our tours, I essentially went to the company and said, you know, this project we originally wanted to do, it doesn't really make sense for anybody anymore. We've all moved on. And Uh essentially, like I tried to quit two years ago, you have to let me go. Uh (laughs) And so I took the department that we had built together, essentially, I mean, I took one of our clients as my first retainer client, which worked out perfectly, and was able to just start a business in podcasting. But at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do in podcasting. I knew I eventually wanted to be a podcaster myself and to have the podcast of my dreams. But my first priority was how do I make consistent income and replace Uh the salary that I've had? Um, And so my business has evolved over that was two years ago. I started my own brand, my own business, and it's continued to evolve. It's still evolving. It will always be evolving and growing. But essentially, I kind of do like a mix of a lot of different things. I have consulting services. I recently founded a podcast network where I'm focusing on helping my friends in podcasting to monetize their content. And then my number one priority is just building my own legacy brand as a podcaster myself. Nice. Okay. So you recently rebranded. So I want to Talk about what your podcast was before and what it is now and what inspired that change. Yes. So again, when I first started my own brand, my own business in podcasting, I knew I wanted to have the podcast of my dreams one day. But like, as we all tell ourselves in podcasting, like it's never the right time. Mm -hmm. And so I just told myself, if I'm going to do any business in podcasting, I have to have something out there in the podcasting apps so that I'm searchable for people looking, looking for podcast services. And so I didn't want to add any more podcast work to my plate. And Uh so I was like, okay, what can I do that's like quick and easy? So I was like, okay, four things for your podcast in four minutes or less. I'll do a four minute episode once a week, like really condensed value in four minutes, which in hindsight, of course, makes more sense for like YouTube shorts or TikTok. But at the time, again, I was just trying to get something in the podcast apps. And after about like six months of that, it just, I hated every minute of it. It was so draining. It didn't feel in alignment. It just felt like something I was forcing myself to do. And I decided, you know what? It's never going to be the right time. Let me just turn this into an asset that I actually can get return on. I mean, that's not the worst strategy though. Four minute episodes. It's a pretty low lift production wise for you. You're getting your name out there. You're taking advantage of SEO. So what were the results from that first round? Was it worth it to do that? Like if there was a business owner like you two years ago who was wondering, should I do this like scaled down version just to get my name out there? What would your answer be? 
in my experience, now there are other podcasts that do similar formats. Like Pod News Daily is a good example. They do a short recap of their newsletter and that's perfect. Like that is something that I would get behind and like recommend. Uh But for what I was serving, for instance, four tips about how to market your podcast, four tips about how to legally use music in your podcast. The tools and resources we have today, again, TikTok was very beginning stages when I started my podcast, but with TikTok and Clapper and YouTube Shorts, there's ways that people are used to absorbing that kind of information that I feel like can be more impactful. And I, I really do believe that people come to podcasts to listen in the background as they're driving and working out or going on a walk around their neighborhood. And they're there for more conversational and like getting to know you type pieces of content. And maybe going deeper. Yeah. And going deeper. Yeah. And so people ask me all the time when I have like consulting meetings with people, they ask, is this something they can do? And I always say like, I don't recommend it because in my experience, I got like no traction on those early episodes. Yeah. Like people just did not care. It's not what they were in the apps to listen to. Uh So yeah. Hey besties, just a quick word from our sponsor Momento, which I actually use on the YouTube channels and to create social media assets for all of my shows. Being successful with podcasts and video is a full-time job that most people don't have the time or experience to do. But Momento is an end-to-end AI video marketing tool that finds your shareable moments, creates beautiful shorts, and even schedules straight to social. And it can do even more. Momento can write high-quality show notes, social posts, tweets, and even jokes from your content. Yes, the robots have gotten funny. Your first upload is free. There is a link in the show notes. So what are you waiting for? Go see what AI can do with your video. And besties, if you're trying to reach listeners right here, you can buy a sponsorship to Podcast Bestie at podcastbestie.com slash advertise. Okay, so how did you approach this rebrand and tell us about the new show. Yeah. So it was about six months into doing those four minute clips that I finally was like, you know what, I need to start taking this seriously and like, see if I can find joy in this Uh content that I'm producing. And so I started to release like longer form solo episodes and I did my first guest interview and that just felt like so much more in alignment. And Uh even though it was so much more work on the back end, it felt like so much less work because it was actually enjoyable. And like it actually, I felt like it was something that I was proud of. Like every single episode that I put out, I would listen to. Whereas before I wouldn't, you know? Uh So I started doing that. And then what I realized eventually, as of recently, I started to feel really constricted by the title for things for your podcast, because I just felt like I was putting myself in this box that was this title that I threw together for a completely different show. Because when I started doing longer form episodes and inviting guests on, I would ask the guests, like, what are your four takeaways from whatever the topic Uh you're sharing is? And then that felt like I was putting too much work on my guests. So then I started recapping my four takeaways. And that just felt like such an extra line item on my to-do list Uh that like, I didn't want to do. I hated doing it. And so eventually I was like, you know what? It's time for a title change. The audience that I'm speaking to isn't the same that I was speaking to at the beginning because again, at the beginning, 
we're all learning in our journey as entrepreneurs, like what actually brings us joy to speak uh-huh. on, right? And at the beginning, I thought I was going to be speaking to the brand new podcaster. I thought I was going to be the how to start a podcast go-to girl. Uh-huh. And I realized I actually hate that. Like I <laughs> love working with existing podcasters uh-huh. talking about like marketing and branding and like how to take it to the next level. And what I've learned in the past two years of discovering my voice in this space is, that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to what I've come up with this term to kind of describe is podfluencer, which Uh is the creator who's building a thriving brand and business with their podcast at the center of it all. So that's what I'm speaking to. And then it was just kind of putting the pieces together from there. Like, okay, podfluencer, what should it be? Podfluencer podcast, podfluencer society, landed on society, filed the trademark like that next day, started the whole process of rebranding. And it just all felt so, so, so good. (laughs) So you'd already switched the content, doing this longer form content and adding the guests and changing your show basically under the old name. Yes. And then since that felt right and since you were felt like you were maybe forcing these questions and whatever, these takeaways, then you actually did the external rebranding, right? Yes. The only thing content-wise that changed was when I rebranded to the new title, Uh I took away that extra step of recapping the four things at the end. (laughs) Right. Right. And you dropped new cover art. And what did you do for promo as far as the rebrand? I mean, you're talking to me today, but what else? (laughs) The promo, I mean, I'm about to record a whole episode about all the promo that I did behind it because it truly, it was a decision I made because I could have decided to just kind of flip it all in the background and then surprise my audience, maybe like, you know, give them a little heads up. But I just thought what an amazing opportunity for new momentum and to Uh breathe new life into the podcast. And, And so I just decided to take it seriously. And I treated it as I would a brand new podcast launch. Um, And so the promo was like really comprehensive. I mean, I did, you know, I submitted for some directory features like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Unfortunately, nobody took me up on that, but I did submit it. And then I also, yeah, I started working with an incredible publicist who you know well, Lauren Passell from Tink Media, Uh who is just absolutely amazing. So she helped me to arrange some really cool promo swaps and guest interviews, like guesting on other podcasts and newsletter placements, which are highly underrated. Like a lot of people don't think to pitch to newsletters, but it's so powerful. And so just did a bunch of stuff like that, working with Lauren. My favorite thing I did was something that I almost didn't do because if you think about it, it doesn't like create results. Like the thing I'm about to tell you is I bought a billboard, a billboard in downtown Nashville. Interesting. Yeah. And if you think about it, like what good is that going to do? Like somebody driving down the road, they see a billboard for a podcast. Like they're not going to like stop and subscribe. So if you think about it that way, it's a waste of money. But how I was thinking about it is it's a really cool opportunity for like social proof, you know? And it was more about like the impact on social media and it was covered in pod news, like podcast ads in the wild. Yeah. that kind of stuff. And it was probably the smartest thing I did for the entire promotion strategy, just because 
of how impactful it was online. It was my highest engaged post across all social media platforms. It got covered the most like organically and it just looked really cool. Like even my like friends from high school were reaching out being like, that is so cool. You got a billboard. And I'm like, dude, all I did was pay $250 for 30 minutes. $250? Well, for 30 minutes on a rotating digital screen. So I got eight minutes. Yeah. Eight minutes of screen time because it was all about the photo. Like it wasn't about results from drivers driving by, you know? (laughs) Okay. How do people do that? Is there a website? Well, it just depends. Like it depends where you live or like where you're targeting. Like one of my good friends, James, he hosts a true crime podcast. And this is actually where I got the idea because what he does to promote his true crime podcast is he advertises in the area where he's talking about, which is so smart because people really want to know like crime in their area. So I was thinking, okay, well, I don't talk about like a specific area. So I live in Nashville. This is a really cool hip city. Everyone loves Nashville. And we have this amazing billboard right at the intersection of Broadway and West End, which is like in the downtown area. It's a perfect spot for a billboard. And I just went to their website and just saw the different options and picked the cheapest one. Cause again, it's all about the photo, uh-huh. but wherever you're based, like it, I'm sure there's a billboard in your town that like people drive by every day. And if you post with that billboard, it's just cool for the people in your town, you know, and like cool for everyone yeah. who knows you personally to see that. Did you, I'm curious in the submissions that you sent to Apple podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher, did you include that you were going to do the billboard? I did. And here's my piece of advice. <laughs> so I really think I, I, I can, I was just moving so quickly. I had so much uh-huh. to get done, like promotion. The reason I brought Lauren on is because I knew how important marketing would be. But uh-huh. the reality is I had so much to like update behind the scenes that I couldn't put my own time. There's just not enough hours in the day. Right. So when I was submitting my feature requests, I did it too quickly and I forgot the most key ingredient, which is, yes, I told them all about my different marketing strategies. Like I gave them a whole list of all the different things, including the billboard to show them that like, I'm really taking this seriously. And this uh-huh. is a big deal on this one day was that's uh-huh. the message I was trying to convey. But looking back, I really should have approached it more with like a co-marketing mentality. And I should have, for instance, chosen one platform and went all in like Apple podcasts, for instance. And I, uh-huh. I should have said, I will drive all of my traffic to Apple podcasts. If you will, in return, help uh-huh. me t- to promote. And I really think that was my big mistake. I'm going to put Apple podcasts on the billboard and right. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. And yeah. I really wish I would have done that. Now I know going forward, but yeah, I, th- I really think that has a lot to do with why I'm kind of missed that opportunity. But yeah, I mean, sounds like you got some other ones. So that's, that's actually, I love the billboard tip and that's something I really want to try. Hey besties, Mopod Boost has helped me reach so many new listeners for this podcast, maybe even you. And I'm thrilled to share that Podcast Bestie now has over 66,000 downloads and Mopod has definitely given me a boost in that department. What is Mopod? Good question. Mopod's groundbreaking technology transforms your podcast into captivating display ads. These ads are then optimized and strategically placed across the web, steering listeners right back to your podcast. It's an effective, targeted way to promote your show. And it's already trusted by industry giants like Condé Nast, iHeartMedia, and the HubSpot Podcast Network. And that's because it works. 
But Mopod isn't just for the big guys. Mopod Boost is perfect for indie podcasters like me and you. And there has been an exciting new wave of updates to Mopod Boost self-serve that include the ability to generate impactful ad copy with the help of AI and the implementation of sophisticated targeting options such as geolocation, age, gender, and household income. Podcasters can now pull comprehensive campaign reports straight from the platform, delivering insights on audience demographics, devices, daily delivery statistics, creative performance, and even granular geographic data. Mopod Boost actually has been my favorite paid advertising experiment to date. I have used it on all of my shows, and you can try it for just $100. Plus, if you're a bestie, you get 10% off with the link in the description. So try it out and let me know what you think. Can you give besties just a couple quick tips for how to do a rebrand, right? Things that you've learned on this journey. Sure. I would say my biggest tip is to organize yourself. (laughs) Like this is something that comes naturally to me because I was in artist management for nearly a decade and Uh my job was to be organized. But for the average person, it can be really challenging. And so what I live and breathe by is so simple. It's just a freaking Google sheet. (laughs) Like list out everything you know you need to do. And then just put it all in order of priority and just start working down the list because it can feel so overwhelming. My rebrand timeline, so essentially my checklist was over, I I can't remember the exact number, but it was well over 350 line items of just little things because there's things you don't think of. You know what I mean? I had to change the name of my entity of my business, Uh which means I had to change, you know, my bank account and my PayPal account and like all Uh this stuff that you don't think of. My website changed, my URL changed, Uh my, all of my free downloadables out there in the world. I had to change the branding on those and the links everywhere. It's like all these things you don't think about. So, my biggest, biggest tip is to stay organized. And as part of what I'm doing to help my own audience through their Uh rebranding is I put together a checklist Uh and people can go to podfluencerproducts.com forward slash rebrand. And it gives you a checklist of all the things that you just don't want to forget when it it comes to your rebrand. It's been super helpful. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about your journey. Are are there any recent favorite episodes that you want to shout out that were extra impactful for you? Yes. So the last episode that I put out under the old branding was year two in online business, my unfiltered truth. And that's something I am doing on an annual basis just to update my audience about like the real behind the scenes, like my Uh financials, my download numbers, and just be like open and transparent so that my audience can learn from my journey. And in that episode, I talk more about, you know, the story behind why it was time to rebrand. And then the first episode under the new branding, I brought on a return guest who's a good friend of mine, Allie Reeves, who hosts Uh All In With Allie. And we talked about about her recent rebranding process. So you kind of get two perspectives because she rebranded her podcast in January from her former title, Six Figure Influencer, after I believe it was like 
300 episodes. I mean, she had been under that title for a long time. So really insightful. And then the next episode after that is with my photographer who took my rebrand photos. And we did this comprehensive overview about like how to approach a rebrand photo shoot, which is Uh super cool. And then I have one coming out with Lauren of Tink Media, all about publicity and like marketing and promotion strategies, which is going to be awesome. I love it. So you're covering the rebrand from all different angles. That's great. Yes. Yes. A big thanks to Angie for all your podcast rebrand tips. And thank you for tuning into Podcast Bestie Bestie. Make sure you check out the last episode with Andrea Koskai of Tink Media for a podcast marketing tune-up. And Podcast Bestie is now on YouTube. So head on over to youtube.com slash at Podcast Bestie to subscribe. You can watch my interviews with Ariel Nissenblatt, Jeff Umbro, James Cridlin, Lauren Passell, Gary Arndt, and more. And Podcast Bestie has been getting some awesome reviews from the podcasting community on Apple Podcasts. I just want to share a few of the latest Love the episode with Andrea Koskai. I was thrilled to learn about Andrea's background and her work in Romania. She possesses impressive knowledge about audience growth and is a skilled community builder as well. It's also great that Matt Gilhooley contributed to the episode as I am a fan of his Life Shift podcast too. Podcasting swaps are the way to go. Rena Friedman Watts, host of the Better Call Daddy show. I love that. Yes, McElhooley has been helping me out with the videos for the YouTube channel and been absolutely crushing it. And I also love his podcast. So check out Rena Friedman Watts's The Better Call Daddy Show. Better Call Daddy is for people who love stories. Everyone from influential players to phone sex workers are featured on the show. Each episode, Rena will interview a person of interest and her father will chime in with his advice afterwards. And Rena says, my dad has been the guiding force my whole life. There is nothing that he doesn't know. And I want to share that with the world. I also got a review from Laurel Morales. Laurel says, tangible tips. I love Courtney's enthusiasm and willingness to try all the suggestions given. She and her fabulous guests make this sometimes lonely and mysterious podcasting world approachable and fun. Thank you for the show. So yes, make sure you check out the Two Lives podcast by Laurel Morales. So Laurel's podcast features stories of people who have faced darkness and how those moments transformed them. Laurel says, we all have two lives and the second one begins the moment we realize we only have one. And I also got a review from Krista Dykes. So Krista says, must listen for all podcasters. I discovered Courtney's podcast a few months ago and I'm officially obsessed. As a newbie podcaster, I've learned so much. She interviews expert guests who deliver so much value and cover all the questions that come to mind. Several of her eps have been bookmarked so I can come back and reference later. Thanks a ton to Courtney for the helpful content that's also entertaining to listen to. Keep it up. Cheers. Cheers to you, Krista. And Krista's show is called Secret Mom Hacks because babies don't come with instructions. (laughs) That is true. They don't come with instructions. That's what scares me. (laughs) It's available on all major listening platforms and you can find out more info at secretmomhacks.com. So those are a few of the reviews that I have gotten recently. I am putting all of their links in the show notes. Make sure you check them out. 
And I want to collaborate with you, Bestie. If you leave me a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and you email it to me or you leave the info for your show within the review, I will give you a free shout out on the show right here next episode. Plus, there is another super easy way to get featured on the show. You can buy a sponsorship at podcastbestie.com slash advertise. Right now, I am doing baked in sponsorships. So for $25, you can get a super affordable package that will be in the Podcast Bestie episode for the life of the show. And check out my other podcast for more of my audio creations. I have Private Parts Unknown, which is about love and sexuality around the world and the bleeders about book writing and publishing and you can follow me in between episodes at courtney kosak that is k-o-c-a-k on instagram and twitter and i send out lots of newsletter exclusives to my besties podcast bestie actually started as a newsletter so make sure you're signed up for podcast bestie on substack that is podcastbestie.substack.com slash welcome until next time Happy podcasting. Bye, bestie.